Alabama Securities Commission, or ASC, is a state agency that regulates the financial industry in Alabama. Our mission is to protect investors from securities fraud and preserve legitimate capital markets in our state. This podcast is a part of the ASC's Women's Financial Empowerment Program called She Can. You can learn more about the ASC and the She Can program by visiting our website, www.asc.alabama.gov. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the positions of the Commission or the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta, but belong solely to the speakers and the hosts. Hi, SheCan followers. This is Faith Vega, Public Information Specialist with the Alabama Securities Commission, or ASC. Today we are talking about career decisions, transitions, and stages. I have to confess how excited I am to introduce our co-host, Julie Cornegay. Julie is the Senior Outreach Advisor for the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. She currently serves on Governor Ivey's Human Capital Task Force and our State Workforce Development Board. Julie is also the Finance TAC Officer for the Alabama Committee on Credentialing and Career Pathways. As you can tell, Julie is incredibly accomplished. She also holds a master's in education, and she has such an amazing speaking presence. Guys, I've been in a room where she's given a presentation on the importance of higher education and lifelong learning, which we'll talk about today, and it's captivating. Julie, thank you so much for joining us on the She Can podcast. Hi, Faith. Thank you for having me on to talk about all things careers. You know, I really think you have to share our history with your listeners. All right. I'll share just a little. So Julie's dad and my dad worked in law enforcement together for what, at least 20 years? Yeah, I think that's right. And they've always been such good friends, too. Growing up, I called your dad Uncle Bill, and we went to y'all's lake place all the time. That's sweet. Yeah, when I saw Dan at our career and technical advisory board meeting, um, he mentioned your name, and I knew there couldn't be that many Fagas, and I love that we have the opportunity to work together now, and and a quick shout-out to our dads. (laughs) Oh, goodness. I can't wait for them to hear this. Well, speaking of working together, it is such a treat to have you on today. I can't think of anybody better suited to the career decisions, transitions, and stages topic than you. Are you ready to get started? Yep, let's do it. All right, so let's start with career decisions. There are so many things to consider when picking a career path. Uh, You're exactly right. I mean, there's the cost of education to consider and the balance between finding something you're passionate about and making sure that you can also provide for your family and yourself. And, you know, when I was in high school, uh, my father sat me down and he shared a story about a friend and his daughter. And, you know, she was living the dream, right? She graduated from college, married the love of her life. She had two kids and she, you know, loved being a mother. And I don't... I don't recall exactly what happened, but the marriage ended badly, and she and her two children ended up moving back in with her parents. And I don't know why that story resonated so strongly with me, but really did shape my decision-making process and making sure that I was self-sufficient before making any major life changes. And now I think about it like this. If you've ever traveled on a plane, the flight attendant always sort of reads a statement that case of emergency, place the mask over your face before helping others. And as women, we really need to make sure that we can take care of ourselves first 
If not, you know, we can't take care of others. And I just wanted to share that story because it really speaks to me um, about what we're talking about today regarding career decisions and transitions. Yeah, I love that analogy, you know, and I think it applies to all areas of our lives, not just finance. And the story that you mentioned is one of the reasons the commission started the SheCan program. We want to empower women with the information they need to be financially independent so that they don't end up in a situation, like you mentioned, where they're not only going through an emotionally challenging, I mean, potentially devastating season, but then they also have huge financial burdens and are struggling to make ends meet. When we talk about making ends meet, you've done a lot of work on economic mobility. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure, sure. So one of our high-level objectives at the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta is to promote economic mobility or the ability for low-income families to improve their financial condition. And as I mentioned earlier, many times women find themselves in this category by no fault of their own. You're kind enough to mention some of the groups I represent earlier, and there are a lot of really talented people working to create opportunities for these families, and I truly believe opening up higher education to individuals is the key. Hmm. And as we were preparing for today's conversation, you mentioned that the bank president often starts off conversations by asking, what keeps you up at night? So Julie, what is that for you? Well, I think for me, it's it's higher education completion rates. We're talking about like a single mother. She's probably only going to be able to go to school part time. And you know, these are hardworking young women trying to better themselves in, in their situation. Knowing that data suggests that only one in five part time students finish the degree after six years is just startling. Wow. Not only is that a lot of time, but it's also so much money. Exactly. I mean, the statistic is alarming, and there's an expression I heard the other day that pretty much sums it up, but I I think it's pretty accurate. It's a BA or bust situation Mm -hmm. for many students. If you don't finish, you get absolutely no credit for the courses completed, and you still have the debt you accumulated. Yeah. I mean, you've absolutely got to begin with a plan and a defined pathway to get where you want to be career-wise. Mm-hmm. And I think for some students, and particularly ones that aren't sure what path they want to they want to go down or what they want to do, and this is particularly challenging. And you know, it's funny. Uh, you mentioned our fathers earlier and their backgrounds in law enforcement. I never saw myself working for the FBI, although <laughs> it's a very noble profession. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I did consider going to law school until I realized that I hate arguing and I'm not particularly talented at it. So. I might need to (laughs) reevaluate. You know, in middle school, they made us watch the seven habits of highly effective students. And one of the habits was begin with the end in mind, which is pretty much what we're talking about right now. There are a lot of questions you need to ask yourself, like, will this pay the bills? Would I even enjoy doing this? And what type of education do I need to enter this career field? Oh, yes, I know. And it's funny, I've, I've heard from friends in education, uh, in the education field, that, that students don't always know what they want to do, but they absolutely know what they don't want to do. And I think that's fair, right? So, but how do we flip that script? And, you know, I'm curious, Faith, how did you figure out your career path? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm a planner by nature. 
but truthfully, I never thought I'd end up working for the government, and I certainly didn't think I was smart enough to get a master's degree, but here I am, and man, the Lord had such a good plan for me, and I see so clearly how He mapped it all out to bring me where I am today. But you know, I think a lot of people are like me and didn't really know what their career path would be and how they were going to get there. So I know the Alabama Committee on Credentials and Career Pathways is actually doing a lot of work to help take some of the mystery out of identifying what career path you're going to take and even how to advance once you get there. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. So we're doing a lot of work right now um, on in-demand jobs in each of our workforce development regions in Alabama, and there are seven different regions. And then we've also created a statewide list uh, so people can get a better sense of, you know, what demands are forecasted to really see potential for growth. And, and by the way, you and Lisa were such a huge help pulling together the information for the careers in finance. Thank you so much. Oh, of course. You know, we're always happy to help. I'm passionate about this work because in a way it really empowers young women and these are jobs that have meaningful advancement opportunities uh they pay a self-sustaining wage and offer employment benefits that's really the game changer when you when an employer offers benefits like paid maternity leave matching 401k and flexible spending accounts for things like child care health care it really helps uh, provide stability for the family and you know i read the other day that women who stay home take a considerable loss of income over the lifetime of their career. There's a great calculator that was created by the Center for American Progress that estimates a 26-year-old woman with a salary of $44,000 per year would lose approximately let's just say $707,000 in total income over her career. That's lost wages, uh, lost wage growth and losses from missed 401k plan contributions and you know the growth of those assets over time it's just crazy but if you want to check out uh the website it's interactives.americanprogress.org backslash childcare costs thank you for sharing that resource and if you didn't catch the website follow shecan.alsecuritiescommission on instagram And we will have a direct link in our bio for the next couple of days. And then we'll also have a graphic with a link that you can type in. Julie, that example just shows how important it is to do your homework before making the decision to come home and raise kids. I mean, wow, that is so much money. And as women, we really need to map out how it will impact us and our families financially, not just in the short term, but in the long term too. And speaking of, leaving the workforce to come home and raise kids is a massive career transition. You're absolutely right. And that decision is a very personal one. It really is. And I think so often women get shamed for whichever choice they make, whether coming home to raise kids or to keep working, which I think we can all agree just stinks. And that's not what this program is all about. So on the next episode, we're going to talk to a mom who left the workforce to raise her kids and how she and her family managed that transition. So stay tuned for the next episode. However, on this segment, Julie, tell our listeners some of the things to think through as they begin processing, maybe even wrestling with the decision of leaving their careers to raise kids. Um, uh, pass. I'm not touching that. Sorry. <laughs> Hey, ma'am. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, that's such a tough question. I know so many amazing career women who have balanced work and family life, and their kids are absolutely precious. And then, you know, I think about my sister who chose to, you know, come home and take care of her kids, and they're fantastic, wonderful. I adore them. Then when her kids went, you know, were old enough to go back to school, she really wanted to get back into a career and so she went back to school for nursing she completely reinvented herself and I'm so proud of her but this really is such a difficult decision and as we said earlier it's personal you're right and I'm sorry for putting you in the hot seat I know you always say personal finance is just that personal so maybe let's just think through it from a financial perspective what would be a good starting point Oh, perfect. Yeah, let's stick to this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thinking strictly financially, it really depends on the family. You know, if it's a two-parent household, I think that, you know, it, it isn't as much of a problem from a financial perspective, but it's not such a difficult decision uh, if you have that two-income situation. But I think for families where the woman, you know, income is vital, it's a lot harder to make that choice. And so you know, that's when the calculator comes in as a, a really good tool. And I would also say, you know, sitting down, making a really good budget, figuring out where you can save on your expenses, pay down any bills that, you know, you, you have existing, whether it's, you know, a car payment or a credit card, and then really have a plan, you know, have some money saved up. And you know, that's where I would start, but I am not a financial advisor, so <laughs> I probably should have added that to the earlier disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that those are important considerations, and I think those are great tips, but I know that was kind of a, a sticky, a sticky topic, so let's get back to a more general career topic. What advice would you give to our younger listeners? Oh, wow. So I think that really it's definitely you want to become a lifelong learner. I remember uh, when I was young, I couldn't wait to graduate. You know, it's like, I can get out on my own. I'm independent. Yeah. And I realized now that, that while all of those foundational things like algebra and chemistry and, you know, all the classes that I had to take, um, <laughs> it was important to take those, right? But I didn't really hit my stride in school until I was able to specialize in the areas that truly interested me. And so when you find those areas of interest, learn as much as you can. Um, You never know where that's going to take you. Oh, I love that you talked about the science and mathy classes because that was exactly my my experience as well. (laughs) You know, when I finally got into those upper level public relations courses, I really fell in love with going to class and even doing the readings. I completely nerded out. But before we finish, Julie, I'd like to give you the last word. Are there any additional career resources or advice you'd like to leave our audience with? Well, yes, certainly. I would love to share. I'll be working on a new tool at the Atlanta Fed, and we're partnering with uh, Alabama's Governor Ivey's office as well as Alabama Works and multiple of our state agencies. This tool is named David, or the dashboard for Alabamians to visualize income determination. And it's designed to help people look at different in-demand jobs that ACCCP developed, and, and that was that list we mentioned earlier. And people can, they can look at different career pathways and project potential income and expenses depending on their family status. So let's say you're a single adult and you don't have any dependents and you wanted to see 
a job in a medical field that would work for you. You can tick those boxes and it will show you projected income. Or let's say if you're a single mom and you want to go back to school and try a new career pathway, you can plug that in too. So I think it will really help empower women and inform their decision-making process. And I don't want to invite myself back, but I'd love to come and talk more about it. Julie, that sounds like a great tool. And of course, I'd love to have you come back on and talk to us about this resource. Thank you for taking the time to record with us today. What you have shared has been impactful for me, and I think it will be for our listeners as well. Thanks for tuning in to the She Can Podcast. If you have any questions about this podcast or would like to submit a topic, visit the She Can website at www.asc.alabama.gov backslash shecan.aspx.